G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And a check on this week's political agenda, Lyle Shelton, back with us. Hello, Lyle, welcome back to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Well, Lyle, uh, you attempted, I guess, no doubt, to have a long weekend. (laughs) Some people Uh, were. I was, Neil, and I have to say the traffic on the Canberra roads is very light here this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I think all of us that drove into work, if you're in a city centre, will have noticed the difference. And uh, I had a very quick run into work today, too. Lyle, uh, new citizenship rules proving pretty popular. Some new polling suggesting that that's having a a bit of an impact on the the Turnbull government. What are your thoughts? Yes, uh, it certainly has, uh, Neil. And uh, I I don't want to be too cynical about these sort of things, but uh, this announcement was timed in a way that would uh, cause it to register with the fortnightly news poll, and that seems to have given the the government a a bounce. Um, These new citizenship tests, of course, um, causing... uh, uh, new citizens uh, to uh, be confronted a little more with our values and uh, to answer questions uh, about their uh, attitudes towards uh, religious freedom, towards our attitudes towards women, particularly um, uh, some fairly confronting questions around uh, female genital mutilation, which which we know is um, practiced by some cultures and religions, particularly Islam. And, uh, and th- these sort of things, um, I think, send a strong signal about our values. Um, do they mean anything in terms of a test? Uh, because people can lie, probably not. But in terms of a value statement and a virtue statement, um, they send a strong message. And that, of course, has um, reflected in a bit of a bounce in the polls. I guess it also is evidence that some of the things that have been talked about and you and I have talked about over time too uh, when it comes to issues to do with, as you mentioned, very significant things like genital mutilation or uh, whether it's being child brides, that those things are actually happening within our Australian context and they're not just isolated incidents because the government is paying attention to the fact that these things are not acceptable practices in Australia. No, that's right. And and also in that mix is uh, domestic violence. We saw some Muslim women uh, on a YouTube video um, the other day saying how Islam permits uh, men to hit women. And of course, um, that's been uh, promoted by uh, one of the um, uh, prominent Muslim leaders in this country. Uh, so, so I think the government's responding to this, but also responding to parties like uh, One Nation, Pauline Hanson's One Nation and uh, Corey Bernardi's uh, new party, the Australian Conservatives, and I think the government is wanting to show that it is responding to the concerns of a a broad uh, sector of the Australian population that is concerned. I don't think it's a concern over racism. I think it is a concern over values and the fact that political correctness has stopped mainstream parties from even acknowledging uh, that these are issues. And uh, the government is now uh, changing its tact and saying, no, we are acknowledging that these are issues and uh, I think seeking to take some of this ground. And, and, And that's important in terms of that news poll Neil, because um, Paul 
Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party is is uh, consistently polling around about that 10%. And uh, what that poll shows is that about 29% of Australians uh, are no longer supporting uh, either Labor or the Liberal National Coalition. Uh, so that's a huge section of the Australian community that is disenfranchised. And I think uh, the government citizenship test move is a way to signal to that disenfranchised base that it's listening to uh, the concerns that uh, many in the community have over the values and virtues that should define our nation. Well, it's an interesting trend here in Australia, Lyle, but it's something that seems to be also being played out in the French context. Uh, The French elections, uh, a choice for France between a far-right and a far-left candidate and uh, and major parties there being uh, set to the side as well. Uh, Your thoughts on what's been happening in France? Yes, I've been following this very um, closely. Um, It looks like uh, Emmanuel uh, Macron, if that's how you pronounce his name, I'm sure there's a proper French pronunciation, uh, looks set to become the new French president, taking over from the socialist Francois Hollande. Um, Macron is uh, 39 years old. He's more of a a centrist, uh, and it looks like he's beaten uh, Marine Le Pen, who I guess is the sort of Donald Trump equivalent, uh, Pauline Hanson type equivalent that might be um, a little unkind to her. She's probably a little bit more sophisticated than both uh, Trump and uh, Pauline Hanson, but but nonetheless, someone who is concerned about the loss of French jobs, uh, free uh, immigration, unrestrained immigration, I should say, uh, and very much a French nationalist. Now, she looks to have been beaten, but uh, has secured a large portion of the debate. But uh, certainly uh, France um, rejecting a a Trump sort of Brexit um, Hanson uh, approach, but but a large section of their population are concerned about uh, the sort of trends that have been animating uh, those voters that we've seen in in the UK, uh, America and Australia. Uh, We'll be monitoring that along, what happens in France and, of course, uh, the trends that we're uh, correlating here in Australia. Uh, Let's talk about North Korea. Uh, Mike Pence, the US Vice President, he's been in Australia and shoring up Australia as an ally. And uh, there's a connection here between this shoring up of allies and what may well happen on the Korean peninsula in coming times. Uh, threats of North Korea, even the threat of nuclear attack on Australia. And uh, for a lot of Aussies, that'd be the, the first time we've really felt that sort of uh, feeling that we might be under uh, threat uh, in some direct way from uh, a nation like North Korea. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's happening? Yeah, it's probably the first time, Neil, that Australia has ever faced a threat of, um, and I I use that word in scare quotes, of uh, nuclear attack. I don't think even Soviet Russia threatened a nuclear strike on Australia at the height of the uh, Cold War. But uh, this is a very bellicose um, regime in Pyongyang, in uh, North Korea. Um, There's a lot of bluster there. I wouldn't be taking it too seriously, although um, we should take it seriously because they do have nuclear warheads uh, with missiles capable of uh, reaching the Australian mainland. Uh, But I think there's a lot of bluster in this. Um, Julie Bishop, our foreign minister, is simply uh, uh, stating uh, the obvious that we are in an alliance with America, that we want uh, the North Koreans to um, stand down from their nuclear capability. We want China to do more to put pressure on them. And uh, as a result, the North Koreans um, 
uh, are threatening a potential nuclear strike on Australia. I don't think anything will come of it. I don't think we should be alarmed. Uh, but uh, it is significant that this rhetoric has been elevated. Uh, I think it's highly significant that Mike Pence uh, has been visiting our country over the weekend and he's uh, here shoring up the US alliance and uh, ensuring that uh, strong messages from the new Trump uh, administration of uh, the continuation of that alliance uh, are, are um, broadcast to the Australian community, and I think that's a positive thing. Well, one other observation from his visit, uh, Neil, if I may, and it was encouraging to see uh, one of my Facebook friends um, post a photograph of Mike Pence and his wife uh, at church, at uh, St. Philip's Anglican Church uh, in the Sydney CBD. This is um, one of the oldest churches in Australia. It's an evangelical Anglican church, and it was great to see uh, Mike Pence and the Second Lady uh, taking time out to go to church during their Australian visit. And that's very significant too because those images might not be so widely spread in the mainstream media but the fact that they are uh, the reality that uh, the American Vice President comes to Australia and goes to church, uh, that's a significant thing for us to all uh, in some respects celebrate, uh, especially if we're talking about our uh, our allied uh, uh, relationship with the United States. Uh, absolutely and it's well known that Mike Pence and his wife are very strong Christians um, we didn't see, uh, well, I didn't see any images of uh, the vice president and the second lady uh, at church in the mainstream media. I saw them feeding kangaroos at Taronga Zoo, but uh, we didn't yes. see them uh, at church. But uh, it is terrific that um, that uh, someone like him would go to church and, and that someone like a friend of mine on Facebook can, uh, can uh, snap a, an image and uh, post that on Facebook uh, for all of us to see, uh, just the, the beauty of social media. Uh, very nice and uh, good to know that he was attending church yesterday here on Australian shores. Well, tomorrow, uh, one of the most significant days of our year, Anzac Day, commemorations tomorrow, Lyle. Um, in fact, Julie Bishop, the foreign minister, making a surprise visit to Gallipoli tomorrow, and that's, uh, that's significant in itself. Yes, it is. And um, obviously, we live in a world of heightened um, terror threats. And um, and I think the, the um, idea of giving uh, advance notice is something that senior political figures like Ms. Bishop have to take into account. But it's terrific that uh, she will be there. Um, it's, uh, you know, next year is the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One, um, And uh, I think it's significant that this is um, celebrated and remembered uh, uh, in this way. Um, it's, it's an important day for all Australians. Uh, you, you certainly notice it here in Canberra because um, for days before Anzac Day, um, a big uh, seating, uh, uh, sort of uh, seating for VIPs and officials and the public uh, is erected outside the Australian War Memorial. So you can see the preparations occurring. And of course, it's a big deal here in the nation's capital with the dawn service and the parade up Anzac uh, Parade uh, tomorrow. And, of course, the threat of terror attack has been one of those things bubbling along and uh, perhaps sometimes just below the surface. But there are those concerns in Gallipoli, and no doubt uh, there'll be increased security around the nation uh, at Anzac events as well tomorrow uh, because of the possibility of, of some sort of attack. 
yes, sadly that's the case. And I notice in our local media here in Canberra, uh, security is being stepped up uh, for the uh, commemorations tomorrow. Um, thousands and thousands of people uh, come out here at the nation's capital uh, in Anzac Parade and in front of the War Memorial, uh, as they do at um, cenotaphs all around this nation. And just quickly, while we're on the Anzac commemoration discussion here, Lyle, a war memorial in Melbourne's east has been vandalised on the eve of Anzac Day. That's it's always a shocking thing to read about in the media. Yeah, it is, and um, it's it's disappointing. Um, uh, I understand the graffiti uh, graffitius. Um, inscribed something like war is murder on the uh, Warrandyte um, uh, memorial in in Melbourne. Um, That's unfortunate. Obviously, war is a terrible, terrible thing. And the reason we commemorate it is because we don't want to see this type of slaughter occur again, um, particularly on the industrial scale that we saw in World War One at Gallipoli and particularly in the trenches in France. It was just brutal um, and the senseless life of mi- uh, loss of millions of lives. Um, but uh, to, to graffiti memorials is not the way to make that statement. <clears throat> the best way to protest against war is to come out and commemorate what uh, occurred uh, in in the um, hope that we'll keep this alive in the memory of future generations so that this never happens again. And at services all around Australia tomorrow, people will hear that quote, greater love hath no man than this, and he lay down his life for his friend. Uh, Of course, the connection there, while those have become words immortalised with our Anzac services, those, of course, Lyle, are the words of Jesus. And uh, the connection there to God and the reflection on uh, remembering our war dead brings us into a a real uh, opportunity for spiritual reflection for Anzac Day. It certainly does, Neil. Um, And and it is great that it does provide that opportunity. It bothers me, though, that Anzac Day has become our new sort of religion, I suppose, in Australia, um, with with many of us not going to church anymore. Um, This has become a new form of religious homage that Australians uh, pay. But I guess the upside of it is uh, the words of Jesus are quoted. Uh, The hymn, Abide With Me, is sung at just about every Anzac um, dawn service. And, uh, and of course, that, that is um, a great hymn uh, of acknowledging that despite a terrible tragedy, um, you've got the, the hymn writer saying, you know, Lord, abide with me. And it's very moving to hear people singing that uh, in the midst of what's a commemoration of, of unspeakable tragedy. And, of course, that's how um, Christians uh, and that's how Christianity deals with tragedy by, by calling out to God in the midst of it. So on one hand, um, I, I hope that uh, Australians can uh, sense that there is uh, hope uh, in Christ uh, in the midst of tragedy. On the other hand, it, it's difficult um, that uh, this, this has become some sort of uh, a religious ceremony uh, for Australians. Uh, let, let's hope and pray that people can be pointed to Christ in the midst of it and not just, uh, not just caught up in some sort of emotional uh, national day that's, um, that's deep in nostalgia nostalgia and sentiment, uh, but uh, is actually focused on, um, on, on Christ, uh, as, as uh, is the case with the way these services have been constructed now for almost 100 years. Mm. Well, good thoughts, Lyle Shelton, and I'll point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website. Simply Google Australian Christian Lobby and you'll find out 
about uh, statements, uh, media releases, uh, all sorts of good resources as to how we can think as Christian believers about the events that are going on within Australian society and on events that are shaping the world. Uh, Lyle Shelton, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us again today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.